today is loneliness dealing oh. with it not dealing with it all I go kinds about of it, it. <laughs> all kind of loneliness are you lonely tonight what's that a song are you lonely tonight i don't know it might have been before my time oh, oh. <laughs> so anyway that is our topic today but before we get started on our topic we want to send a big humongous birthday to her we love her so much she is really part of kwe family always will be she was part of the family before she even became a member of right. kwe so we love her we just want to say happy birthday to her because today is her special day 
All right, ladies, y'all ready to get into this subject, or is there anything y'all want to talk about before we get into this subject? Oh, wait, look, my sister is here with me. That's what I want to say. My sister is here visiting with me here here in Arizona. She came all the way from VA, and she said, hey, girl, hey. (laughs) (laughs) She came to visit. Well, I do want to say this, because this is the first one we have done for the year, so. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2023. Yeah, we just. Gave y'all a little break for December, but Happy New Year's. We are happy to be back here in 2023. Let's see what's going to happen this year. Yeah. You know, everybody got things to say, but only God knows how it's going to go down. Right. So here we go. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. <laughs> we trying to find out what's the scenario. <laughs> That's what we trying to do here. Like this year, like too, I'm like, waiting to really see what God really, you know, desires for me to do this year. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I mean, we've all been through a lot of changes we since have. last year. Just like <laughs> I know I have. So many changes. So many changes. Hey, Salithia, how you doing? Hey, girl, hey. She's one of our AZ sisters. Hey, sister. Go, sister go, <laughs> so go, shout sister. out to our uh, Kingdom Family Training Center family, Sister Salithia. She's right out here. We should have invited her to okay, come and do time, it. Yeah. Time. So sis, she here in Arizona? Yeah, she's in Arizona. She's oh. right in Mesa. Oh, okay. Well, next time we gotta have her here chilling with us here yeah. in Phoenix. You know, hey, we do a sister, round table. So, sister, we do the black round table. Amen. Jada got the red. Table. We're gonna we have a black round table. We don't even have a round table. We do have a round it's, table. It's not black. It's white, but we're gonna put a black cloth <laughs> over it. And so it's gonna be the black <laughs> round the black, black round table. table. Okay, that's how it's gonna be. That's what's gonna happen. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna do some 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 something. You gotta join us. You gotta join yes. us. Hey Shanae. Hey. Shanae, say hi. Shanae's up and hey and I see a summer. Hey summer. See, I like this because I get to see everybody. Yeah, you, see can, my phone. you can't on see my everybody. Phone, I can't there. see nobody. I'd be like, what? Where and if you're telling you to stuff all late, I this know. is telling you why it's going. Yeah. yeah. See, see no. OBS is better than yeah. doing it via Zoom. Yeah, because I do, you know, people don't say something like 20 years later. I'd be like, oh, this person said something and they said. She, she said, hello, queen. Someone said, hello, queen. Hey, queen. How I'm you doing? doing? <laughs> Through the way. Yeah, but see, setting up for OBS. Well, I guess because we had to reset up everything. But, you know, it takes a lot more work. That's and why we're so, late. That's why we're late, you know. What they yeah. said about color people. I'm not one of those colored people. I be on Colors. time. <laughs> but not today she wasn't. In the new year. Oh, you're in Florida? Who's in Florida? Summer. She's Florida. Florida, oh, so Florida in the house. I don't know. She catching the rays up in Florida. Is it it well is it is it cold or no does it get cold in Florida? It's warm in Florida. It should be warm. It stays warm in Florida like all year long. It's kind of like Arizona in a way, but not as hot, I don't think. Well they could be. I don't know. I don't know. Summer, is it hot? 
Let us know something. Is it hot or is it cold out there during these times of the year? It, it should be she in Florida, Gainesville. She said. Gainesville where? Florida. Florida. We Florida. just said Florida. It would be. She could be in Tampa. She could be in Atlanta. Y'all excuse my sister. Okay, she's still. She's still on the east hey, coast. Hey, sister time, Rashonda, so. Another one of my sisters is on. How you doing, sis? Hey, 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 what you, you know, since we set up like this, um, we can start going live on um, Instagram, you know, since we like this now, I can bring my tablet and we can start going live on Instagram. We can, we can, we can we got a tablet stand, don't we? We She said it's hot today. It's 77. 77. What is it here in Arizona? Let me see. It's only 56 in Arizona. See, it's colder here than it is over there. I'm surprised because, you know, Arizona, but Arizona is changing. It's only hot in the summer. Summer, summer. Well, you beautiful Rashonda people. Say, Rashonda say, hey, yeah, y'all. Sis. Beautiful. Hey, girl. Hey. If you have not already, please share. Please like. Please send it to a friend and invite. Subscribe to us on YouTube, you know, because... Our YouTube channel, I'm not gonna tell you how many subscribers we have, but hopefully we'll be blessed with more subscribers. <laughs> and I think it's because everything we do, we do it on um, Facebook, so no, everybody no, just no. follows us on Facebook, Facebook yeah. and they're probably not big YouTube people, which I don't see why not. I mean, I like mm-hmm. YouTube, but you know, YouTube also got that um, subsidizing thing going on. So yes. if you don't have a certain amount of subscribers, you ain't really getting yourself viewed anyway um, and stuff like that. Well, so, you know what? The Lord knows what everybody needs and you know, they get it when they right. get it, when the Lord give it to them. So we just going to do what we do and just be obedient to the Lord and we're going to give it to you like that. Right, and you know what? My sister Roshonda has a YouTube page, so if you are on YouTube, go check her out. Um, sister Roshonda, just drop the name of your page on it because I don't think it's under your name, right? So just write the name of your page. I am subscribed, and she be coming with some good messages, some good encouraging words, and things like that. Amen. So Amen. join in. Amen. So let's Amen. talk about loneliness. Y'all. Yes, today we are talking about loneliness. Forgive and the wrong like title yes, on the yes. actual live. It says wilderness, but we have come out of the wilderness. We've we been said, on a we hiatus. We came out of wilderness in 2022. <laughs> we stepped into 2023, so we out. So now we lonely. Say no. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just we went from being in the wilderness <laughs> to being lonely. <laughs> Yo, we talking actually, you know, some of these topics because you know the Lord hit me with some some of these topics because of the simple fact. A lot of people go through these things, and even though a lot of people put smiles on their faces and everything else like that, you know, inside they still be going through a lot of struggles. So you know, we just want to just sit here and talk about the thing, because you know, a lot of people go to church, you know, they don't really talk a lot about those things and stuff like that. You know, they do give you some encouraging messages and stuff like that, but then, you know, they don't really sit and talk about. You know, you how you can be here in church and you could be home and stuff like that, but internally you still lonely. You know what I'm saying? You could be married and still lonely. You could be in relationship, you could be here, you could be there and still be lonely. So we're gonna talk about that and hopefully you get encouraged by it and you know and you know, get some help or whatever the case may be, if you want that. Yeah. You know? So, um, who wants to start? I, I want to start, start, start only because I want to. You always 
sister. So I know this. Every time we do, you be like, oh, that's because she loves her sister. Know, she loves her sister. Not only that, because Lisa be book ready. She got her little notes. She got her Bible. She sure away, do. She be book ready. But so I'm, I'm just, just freaking. I'm just she dropping. Class or I'm just dropping a few types of things. She dropping. Don't you drop, drop it. it. Go ahead, oh, drop yeah. it. Okay. okay. And see, Sister Rashana, just like what you said, you know what? I'm. We're gonna be talking about that. So I have. What did she say? So has... she says here on her thing that yes, I was married and still lonely for sure. Good topic. See, see, the Lord know what He be doing. That's why He the Lord. Amen. Because He knows. So the Lord, when I was like, you know, meditating this morning, asking the Lord, you know. What are we going to talk about as far as loneliness? You know, he gave me different types of loneliness and things that could cause those those loneliness. So first, self-inflicted loneliness. And so this could be brought out because of your own, like, insecurity. So you're, like, self-isolating yourself. You know, you might have experienced something or you might be going through some trust issues. Maybe you have gone through a prior hurt. And so it's not someone necessarily isolating you, but you yourself are isolating yourself from other people. And you might think, oh, I'm just shy or I'm just being an introvert. I'm just an introverted person. But really, um, it's fear of hurt, fear of pain, fear of rejection and things like that. Um, and so, or like, even you might be going through, um, slight depression or things like that. This is a good, you know, uh, a, um, a good indicator that you may be going through some type of, some type of depression when you're beginning to isolate yourself and not really, um, wanting to be around, um, a lot of people or just talking to people becomes very overwhelming for you or right. exhausting because oh. you just don't have the energy and it's a, you know, a sign of depression. Yeah. Is that what, like when people like put up walls? When they put up walls and stuff because of, I mean, I get yeah, that. Yeah, or even I mean, self-sabotaging relationships. Like, you're yeah, just like. They don't want to be hurt. No yeah, more. so. so they, yeah. They don't trust them. Or they do things to keep themselves subdued or isolated because they don't, they don't. Well, you know, I get that even them. with relationships. Because even sometimes, like, especially if you someone that has been hurt or things like that in relationships and stuff, and you get into relationships, and so soon as you start seeing like little signs of things, you'd be like, okay, well, let me end this. Let me end this. <laughs> so you won't get hurt and feel that lonely because you'll be like, okay, let me just. Yeah, like when I started, like, I used to do that too, like, when uh, I would be in a relationship and we're doing, like, too much, like, arguing or frustration and I could feel the draining in the relationship. It's like, I already feel like it's dying and it's like... You're not going to break up with me first. I'm going to break it up. It's, it's a control thing. It is. It's trying to control the pain, trying to right. control the scenario. Like, <laughs> if breaking up with a person first and you being the one who's doing it, right. it's going to cause you less pain yes. when it's not. Yes. No, and see, and that's where you get confused. Because you, you just feel like, okay, if you do it, if you do the breaking up, you can't say they hurt you. You know, that kind of thing. You can say, well, I broke up the relationship because of this effect or whatever it may be. I didn't you want feel, to be hurt. Was right. to me and I wasn't but lie. see, it's still painful because you still wanted the relationship. You're, you were just afraid that they were going to do. Yes. Yeah, so it's like, you know, and it still doesn't 
it still doesn't stop the pain of you feeling like you lost a relationship. That's true, because it don't, and at the end of the day, you still wind up being lonely because now yeah. you you broke up a relationship, now you by yourself, and then the devil stopped playing with your mind about the time, the good times y'all had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you be wanting, and then you wanting the relationship yeah. back yeah. that yeah. you broke like, up. He's like, what about all the good times, the good things that y'all had? So is it really, is it really so much that is loneliness or is it so much that it's driven by fear that causes you to be lonely? Yeah, it's yeah, fear, fear. And, and it causes you to isolate yourself and then you be lonely. And then you hop into another relationship yeah, trying to get out of that, that yeah. loneliness. So they said you brace yourself for hurt or the pain. Well, right. Yeah, true. Like you're, you're trying true. to soften the blow. You do. But there's still a blow. <laughs> there's still a blow, but then you also feel like, okay, you have to, because you know, sometimes like when you get broken up with, you feel like you lost some of your power or, you know, that kind of thing. Or So if you do it first, then you feel like you gained the power because you broke up with them, they didn't break up with you. And even though you might feel the pain, but you still feel like it was your decision. Like when somebody break up with you, it's not your decision. So then you feel like you lost some power mm-hmm. in that situation. Well, see, to me, the only problem with that is that it it starts to become a cycle and a pattern, and that's when the loneliness comes. Somebody because said, "Yeah, the devil starts speaking to your yes. insecurity." Yeah, yes. it's a, it's a, because to me, loneliness is is filtered around a lot of things. Because you you say in a relationship, what if you don't have a relationship? What if you're just a person, Uh let's say we're not even thinking about a relationship. You could be a teenager. You could be a child. Yeah. And you you know, it it comes in all ages. Right. right? And you're doing that to your family. If I'm a a 10-year-old girl and I feel lonely or I'm lonely, why am I feeling this way? What is causing me to feel like this? And and sometimes it can also be the way you are brought up. Parents don't understand that they play a big part in their children's development. Mm -hmm. Socially, mentally, spiritually, everything. And sometimes even as parents, we're not aware of the things that we tend to put on our children. Sometimes when a child is born, they're, you know, they don't know anything. They are introduced to everything that they know. They are taught everything that they know. So if I'm a child and I'm feeling lonely at five and ten years old, where did I get this from? Because, you know, I don't even know enough to be lonely. I don't even know, you know, so where did their loneliness come from? So this is the second the second topic of, of loneliness that I have here. Lonely caused by betrayal. So that could be abandonment, desertion, yes. which uh-huh. you yes. know is another word for divorce. Or neglect. Yes. yes. And so that's where like um, children might get the loan that that neglect. And it don't even have to be that they're a single child. It could be other siblings in a home. Yeah. But sometimes we fun. as a parent can trigger things and uh, you know by the things that we do, yeah. by the things that we say. Same. Have you yes. ever been in a home where it's always well? You always don't always say that I'm this. But you don't say that to Johnny. You don't say that to, you know, Sue. You don't say that to Mary. But 
But you always say it to me because sometimes we as parents can put things on our children and cause them to feel these feelings. Yeah, like they're the one yeah. being picked yeah. on all the time. Yes, or, and then it caused them to want to draw it in. I ain't gonna lie, because I felt like that when I was young. Yeah, and I, I did. And you know, I don't even remember her as a child. I don't know where she was at. Did you hear this? <laughs> Look at that. But that's why I was lonely because my old sister didn't even well, know. Well, you got to think, too. You you were, there was a big age gap between but, you, know, you and, and the auntie. Things that we talked about, I used to say, well, where was she at? <laughs> I was in my room being lonely. It's, and it's well, because, what do you know, place. it's because of the age gap. And so the relationship is different when you have a sibling that is like right behind you, yes. and then when you she have said, a sibling, oh. <laughs> so, I know, right? That's like so far because like my relationship with Nanja and Divine is different between my relationship with Natea because my relationship with Natea is more like parental. And it's because of the age gap. But that was mine too. You know? Yeah. And but so I'm you see them as like your child. Like they were your life-size baby doll. And then when you got older, they're like that annoying child that you didn't ask for. And then <laughs> your your parents are always putting you on to take care of. And it's like, did you give birth to them or me? Because they're always in my lap. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> she's okay. Okay. She's we gotta get so, you some help. She's so, so I'm so sorry. You've been trying, no, but see, what it does, it cause you to, as much as you can get away from them, you try to, you know, and so that you can be your own person and things. And so it may cause, cause the younger child to feel neglected in that way by their siblings because it's yes. like, okay, we were with each other all the time. time. Now you don't want to hang out with me. Now anything. you don't want to be my friend, uh -huh. you know? And then, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know, because when I was young, I was always to myself anyway. Like, I, even as, like, as I was getting older, going into teenage years, I was always the kind of person that I was, all, like, kind of like I am now, but I would say I'm a little bit more friendlier now, but I was always to myself anyway. Like, I would just go play in my room to myself. I would be so to isolated. myself. So yeah, And I did. And I did. I would always be by myself. There was a time when my mother used to make me go outside because I just wanted to be in the house. I just be and she used to say, oh, when I come home from work, you better be outside reading a book or something. And I wait till I know she get ready to get off from work and I go outside and I go on the porch. So when she pull up, I'm outside. She didn't say what time to be outside. She just said she, when she get home, I just better be out there. See, I used to do that too. I was like the house mouse. I used to stay, you know, Nanja and Divine, they were really outside all the time. But for me, I used to stay in that house all the time. And sometimes I would use Natalia as an as the excuse of why I'm in the house all the time, but a lot of the time it was out of fear because of the fact that I was being bullied. Um, I suffered a lot of sexual abuse by people in the neighborhood. So for me, the neighborhood was not safe. Going outside, it always seemed like anytime I would go outside, something bad was gonna happen to me. So it was safer for me to be in the house than to hang out with people because some somebody was always so assaulting me in some kind of way. Maybe it, it reverted once I got older, because when I was younger, you know, I always had a lot of, you know, you say friends, but let's just say associates, because, you know, friends, the word of God says stick closer to you than a brother. Right. So we will say associates, but I was, I, you know, I had people that I was always around and hung out with and did things with, and I just think when I got older and I had my kids, I became more of an introvert, and then 
is me being home. Because once I got older, like, I always was home. Even raising my kids, I was always home. So even if someone said, let's go out to eat, and I wasn't home, my kids be like, Ma, where you at? I'd be like, what? They sound like her son. And you ain't even got to be there. Yeah, they like, where you at? And I'm like, um, but when you coming back, it was like, you're not supposed to be outside. <laughs> you don't go nowhere. So I just think that, uh, you know, a lot of the things sometimes when it comes to loneliness or people being alone or it's not always doing this because of relationship, but it has to do with sometimes your upbringing. Or yeah. things that you have filtered or dealt with within your home. And to me, I I don't know why I'm cautious like this, but when it comes to children in the home and parents dealing with them, maybe once I got born again, I stopped doing that. I, I think a lot I don't of know. I don't know if once I stopped like started. this before I got born again, but when I, I think once I got born again, it's like it bothers me to see children who people have, their, have kids because... We didn't ask to come, you know, we wasn't on the umbilical cord, we wasn't on none, you know, we wasn't saying, oh, go ahead, do it, bring us here. We, did not, we didn't ask to come, so, so when it's you like, yeah, you, get it on. When you made that decision, whether you made the right decision or the wrong decision, it still was a decision. And when you made it and that person came here, you are liable for them. Right. So you're like, you know, God holds us liable for this. We Children are a gift, he said, from him. So just like anything, we are steward over everything he gives us. So if we're not really taking care of his gift, right, don't you think that's some kind of consequences that we might have to stand up and, and, and have to, you know? I think with that, though, I think a lot of things is a cycle because, yes. you know, because mommy always talked about how, how, how she was raised and she didn't know certain things and she didn't know. So she only raised us the best of her her ability, and so on and so on. And it goes like that, you know. So even with that, you know, um, it's a, everybody in this trying to survive. Everybody's trying to, trying to do survive. the best that they can. They're trying to survive, and they are, are trying to do the best they can. But to me, sometimes some things can be avoided. Yeah, yeah, very okay. true. It's because you as a human being, you know right from wrong. Whether right. you know the fullness of things or not, you still know right from wrong. So right. you know anything that you're doing wrong, you know it's wrong. Right. And anything that you're doing right, you know it's right. And you, it doesn't matter because we all make mistakes. We're not, a, we're not perfect beings. And, and God, you know, he's not holding us to be perfect. He's just holding us for accountable for the right and the wrongness because you know right from wrong. And so, you know, when I see children, I, I think of it more of a spiritual thing. And maybe because, like I said, once I got born again, I know that anybody you touch, even if they're grown, you have to be careful because you don't want to damage a person's spirit. When a spirit is damaged, it's a, it's a, to me, it's, a, it's more of a, like a jail that that person is in because yeah. it's yeah. a brokenness within, you know, it's a broke, even even us as being adults, when we even go into relationships, if we go to too many difficult relationships and heartbreaks, eventually our spirit is broken. That's what it really is. That causes us to filter everything out. Yeah. I don't want to be bothered no more. Okay? Oh. And, and it might turn gay. I don't know. I'm just saying. But, you know, different things 
this and everything is really in your spirit and it's filtering other things out of it. So you open up the door to the loneliness, you open up to the to the rejection, you open up to the fear, you and open depression. up the depression, you right. open yourself up to it because it's really your spiritual man that has been broken. And when that's broken sometimes you don't know where to you don't know how to get it fixed. You know, when it comes to like um, deliverance, something that I've um, that I've learned, um, you know, not all the time does a person need to be delivered from a spirit. They need to be delivered from a um, a place. A spiritual realm, mm. a place, dimension in the spirit. If Where you look, yeah. Yes. So, like, if you look in in the scriptures, you will hear things like um, David say, um, um, "Lord, you rescued me from the valley of the shadow of death." He's mm. not the only person who said that. Um, Elijah, um, Elijah. Job has said that. So it's actual mm. a, a, a place in the spirit. Um, Job mentioned um, the valley of gloom. Um, chains of misery. Mm-hmm. So these, they, they didn't actually have um, actual, um, you know, chains on them, but it was a dimension that their souls were trapped in um, spiritually. Um, when um, you talk about um, Ezekiel, um, when, it, when it says um, he was taken up on um, the mountain and then he was brought down to the valley of dry bones, right? Yeah. Um, liter- literally, it was a dimension in the spirit that God took him in. It wasn't an actual place of dry bones. Um, if you also read in, um, I believe, Isaiah, um, it says the valley of visions. And so literally, it was a place where there was visions taking place. And I believe it's the same um, dimension around that. That, um Ezekiel was in and the Lord was saying that the people of Israel were crying out singing that they were dried up like we are like old withered bones yeah. and so he was telling Ezekiel to prophesy over them and tell them to live so literally they were in a spiritual dimension of called the valley of dry bones yeah. and so it wasn't Summer an actual was saying, place Summer was saying how Satan Satan hear our prayers too. Yes. He do. He do. Yeah. So sometimes when we need to be delivered from a a, a place in a spirit, a the spiritual dimension, mm-hmm. um, not so much a actual spirit that you're demonized by, but an actual spiritual dungeon that you are in, um, whether it's mental, um, emotional, or the, you know, your soul is trapped there. You know, your, your soul is mm-hmm. your, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Yeah. So you can mentally be trapped there, or yes. you can emotionally be trapped yes. in a spiritual dungeon um, where you're held hostage at um, until you are delivered from that place you know, you can say, come out spirit all you want, but your soul is not a demon that is in you. It's your soul trapped in a, in a, in a yeah. place um, of torment. You That's why David said you have to encourage yourself Stop. because I know I was in a relationship where I was feeling like that. I was in a relationship and I was feeling lonely and I was getting into a little bit of depressedness when I was in this relationship and stuff. And um, a friend of mine was like, you look, she was like, you don't look yourself. 
she was like, you look sad and you look depressed. I was like, I was like, it's gonna be okay because I knew that I had to fight my way up out of it. You know, I had to fight my way out of, of what I was feeling and what I was going through. So, and it is a fight to, you know. Sometimes you can be, you can be attached to someone mm-hmm. or something that caused you to be up under because Press. we as people, we do carry spirits upon us. And sometimes you can be attached to a person that has a spirit on them, which is a bonded spirit or you know, and you being just attached to them for that spirit to come upon your life, and it ain't even yours. But you find yourself also in that same realm because of the fact that you have attached yourself to Around them. Around that person. I, when I was married, uh, you know, there was a lot of things that my husband needed to be delivered from. And he was stuck. Like she said, he was stuck in the realm from things when he was very young, that he still had not, it still hadn't been broken off his life. And it caused a lot of the things he was dealing with was because of that when he was a child and he was stuck. And it just filtered into other things in his life. And he could he could never get free from it. Because sometimes we as human beings, we don't want to admit the truth. But sometimes the truth hurts, you know, you could know what is hurting you, but sometimes you you're not willing to really face it, so you you lie to yourself about it. You be like, oh no, it's just this. Oh no, it's that, and you don't want to admit what it really is. You that's why they always say you have to find the root of the problem in order to fix the problem. Because a lot of times, like Naomi was saying, it's not that a spirit needs to be cast off. It's because you're stuck somewhere in your life. Yeah. Something happened to you at five. And maybe at five, whatever happened, it was so devastating that it stayed in your mind, but it left you at five. Then you grew up and got to 10, 12, 13, and something else happened, and you can remember that. I know people who talk about, I remember when I was three years old, I don't remember nothing when (laughs) I was three. But but if someone can remember that far back, it's because something happened happened in their life and it, it was devastated, and that stuck with them. And now they could be 40 years old, but they still stuck at that three-year-old little boy because something happened, but they never was taught or never knew how to get, you um. know, healed from that or delivered from that. So it is things in our life that can cause us to be stuck in a place that just, you just keep adding on to it in life because the enemy do need you. He mm-hmm. meets you in certain places in yeah. your life, mm-hmm. and he caused havoc in your life. Right. And you be saying, oh, I remember when I was 22, and I was thinking, that's the time when you were stuck, okay? And I'm telling you. I don't want to be stuck. Unstuck me. Because I was married to this man, those things that was in his life brought, I felt like I was, I, I always felt like the water was here. I always felt like I was drowning. I felt like there's one more and I'm a, my head gonna, and it's gonna go over and I'm gonna drown. And it was really because I was attached to him. It wasn't that they were mine. It was just that, that I was attached to him and whatever was on him, I was dealing with it or feeling them. And and a lot of times, I, you know, 
I didn't like it, and I used to talk to the Lord. I used to be like, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm about to drown. You, you know? know? So what people don't realize, right, is that biblically we're gates. And you can be a gate of hell or you can be a gate of heaven, right? Mm -hmm. the, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you. So you can carry kingdoms, dominions. You can carry territory within you, spiritual territory within you. So you can be a hell gate, meaning that you can carry um, a um, the environment of a dungeon or a, uh, a demonic kingdom within you. And so you can affect um mm -hmm. anyone who comes into your into your prep you know presence, yeah. your presence um with that um like a good um example of that is you know um is a narcissist right yeah. like we just because there, there is a it, you know anybody who's experienced a narcissist right being around that person literally puts you in an emotional prison oh, yes. and really because even if they're the one little do we know that a narcissist is being inflicted by and mentally tormented by several demons right yes. they're under mm -hmm. the bondage of that demon right unknowingly and what they do is that those spirits operate through that through that person um, to influence the environment to because really their their um, objective is not the person that they're tormenting because they already have the person. The person, the the the, the what they're trying to do is to torment the people attached to that person. So through that person, they can care, they can cause a whole environment to be tormented through this one being, this one person, <laughs> this one person being totally, um, you know, causing everyone under that household, everyone under that job to be under um, a gloom or depression and frustrated it's and so anger because they're imprisoned by that person. It's like that everyone could love and care for that person and try their best to to make peace with that person, but something within, <laughs> was, them. within yes. them causes the whole atmosphere. Like you changed. ever met a person in the whole atmosphere changes. Changes. Yeah. Why? Because they're so bringing they a, they're bringing a whole demonic dimension to Whoa, that a whole territory <laughs> into that <laughs> area. Here. What happened? <laughs> but in the same likeness, someone really full of the Holy Spirit, yes. full of light, can, can change in the atmosphere. atmosphere. Why? Because we carry uh, dominion, we carry kingdoms, we carry spiritual territories with us. And so it's also very important that we ourselves, you know, especially when Thank we are, um, you know, have the um, tendency to experience loneliness mm -hmm. is because we have stepped out of yeah. uh, the territory of the kingdom of God, you know, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. Oh, loneliness, no. a definition yes. of loneliness is sadness. sadness. Oh. Yes. It's oh. sadness. I know you ever have been in a relationship and you just, 
in a relationship and that person just made you feel you just felt tired like like you just they felt drained, drained, drained all the time. I call them like just, spiritual leeches. They just like, like suck I was in a, the life out of you. That's how I'm in like the parasites. Because I was in a relationship. It's like parasites. And like the person seemed nice and everything else, but it just seemed like when I was with them, I just felt so drained it's and good. so tired. And it, for me, it felt like it was just a lot of work to be in this relationship. And I was so glad. You know what? So and I, w- I was I was in a relationship. I, so much I was in a relationship. I felt like, like that. I lost like two hundred pounds. And you know, <laughs> I was in a relationship like that. Matter of fact, I've been in two relationships like that. One was a friendship. It wasn't even like somebody I was okay. in a relationship. It was a friendship I was in with a female, yeah. right? And she she had so much drama, so much stuff. There was mm. always something, always something in her. She was so needy too. It was like she was so ne- she was so needy and uh, placed this expectation that um, you have to be there. For every, you know, the, yes. for everything that that she needs mm-hmm. you for, and then um, she kind of like love bombed you, like where she does a whole bunch for you, so then you feel like you're yeah, obligated, yes. like I am obligated to be there for you, and then it's like there's so much, there was so much demand on that relationship um, that it it took me to a place of being depressed, like. I was overwhelmed. I was just sad. I was depressed all the time. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's just me. I separated from the relationship. I start, you know, feeling better and, and doing better. Right? Too. And so I was like, oh, maybe I was just going through something or whatever. She came back into my life and I found myself back in that place. And I'm like, no, this is her. <laughs> this is her. It's like mental and emotional enslavement. I had to get out of that, you know, that place. Yes. But what about if the relationship was a good relationship? Say it was a really good, good it, relationship, it, and then the relationship ended. The, the person ended the relationship. Like you, so they left you kind of confused because you wasn't, because you was not aware. Of what was happening, and then they just left you like they left you, and now they left you in this place of like loneliness now because like you thought everything was good. It was all because sometimes people so they start getting too close and things start getting too 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 normal for them. Maybe they can't handle it. So this one is called loneliness caused by loss. So that's a separation or a grief. So like someone might have died or, you know, like yeah, you were saying, you yeah. had a good relationship or, you know, and, and things caused, there was separation. You came home and they took everything. You was like, what the heck happened here? And it does, and it caused you to grieve. They don't want to get, they don't start getting too close. And now they remember the pain from whatever was close to them before that they lost. And now it's like, oh, we getting in that area. No, I don't want to feel that pain no more. And it had nothing to do with you. It's more had to do with them. Yeah, and but, sometimes, but and some more could just be like, a changes in life. Like people like are just going through 
um, different, they're in, entering new seasons in their life. And sometimes like we want to make people lifetime people. And sometimes they're just in our lives for a season. So like, That's for true. example, of this in, in, in the Bible was Paul and Barnabas. They, you know, when, when Paul first started the ministry, Barnabas was the only one who gave him the right hand of fellowship. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody else trust Paul. Mm-hmm. They was like, right? So, you know, Barnabas was his boy. You know, they did everything together. They did ministry yes. together. They worked well together. They were powerful together, right? And then one instance, one thing, and it was, exactly. it, was the, it was the actions of somebody else it was. that pretty much influenced Barnabas' decision. Um, decision. decision. And it caused them to get into a heated argument mm-hmm. and they separated and no longer worked together from that period on. Um, Barnabas went on to work with John Mark and Silas um, yeah, began to work with Paul. Mm-hmm. And so though they were powerful together mm-hmm. they had a great relationship in that moment in that season things changed mm-hmm. and it was time for them to go their yeah. separate ways and that happens sometimes sometimes you and the person y'all spiritually can be so connected and god allow you to get connected because he has something for both of you to do at that season right but when it's time for him to say all right i need you to go this way and I need you to go that way. Sometimes we as humans don't want to let each other go mm-hmm. because we like, but well, we're so depends. good together. But that all depends because, see, <laughs> the way that went down with, with Paul and Barbara, mm-hmm. that's something different because that, that was a quarrel. It went to a fight, to a whole thing, you know what I'm saying? But it's it was different. a time for the separation because God had much more for Paul to, to do. do. Right. And he couldn't do it with him being with Barnabas. That's why. Mm-hmm. And see, you don't know if he was trying to tell both of them All to the separate, time. And they but they never would let go because they were so, so close, close to one dependent on each other. Sometimes it's like and God that. don't want yeah. us to be there. He wants us to love him. And if you read, Paul experienced a lot right. of loneliness. Yes. You know, he was not really respected at all, no. especially in the Jewish out. community. You would even hear you would even hear it in his like, especially in his letter to the Corinthians yes. church. He's like, you know what? I might not be an apostle to these other churches, but to you, I am an apostle. I planted you myself. Mm-hmm. I birthed you myself. How dare you? He was like, you know, you go and you'll show more honor to these, you know, to these other so-called elite apostles. They come in here. You give all your money to them. I didn't even charge y'all a dime out of the sake of making sure that it would not um, cause Watch you, you know, on hardship yeah. on you. Did I, did I, did I think wrongly about this? Should I have charged y'all like they did? Then maybe you would have valued it more. He was like, you know, me and Barnabas, we have, we worked and we worked among you, never took a payment for you, from you, um, to, to show you and lead you by example. And then, you know, these other leaders, they come in here and you're paying, you're paying for them, they, they children and everything. Like, what's going on here? I believe and Paul suffered. He did. He greatly. suffered a lot. He suffered greatly for the things he did. I just um, think that yeah. his ministry, God, God took him through the coals because he purified Paul. 
Paul was rough now. Paul was out there. He didn't have no mercy for the Christians. And he was very unmerciful. But God met him at a place. But he took Paul through a lot, and he allowed, just like he told him, I got this thorn. He said, yeah, but my grace is sufficient enough. You're going to keep that thorn, and you're going to keep doing what I need you to do. And to me, Paul went through a lot. And you want to cry me like, yeah, man, won't y'all give Paul a break? But a lot of it, I just think all of it that he went through gave him the character to go through yeah. and to write them epistles that he wrote. Because a lot of times where they say he was adding them epistles, I'm sorry, I love Jesus, but I would be like, get me out of here. But you, I believe too, a lot of times, like when, when in relationships and stuff, and think people separate and stuff, and, and when you are feeling lonely or feeling loneliness, is the best time for the Lord to talk to you because yes, you yes. have no distractions. And you have the greatest, you know, spiritual experiences. Experience in those places, yeah, be totally dependent on him. You know, even like with with um, you know, Paul and his instance. You know, he was like, you know, he experienced a, a spiritual experience that was so um, so powerful. He like, I can't even. I can't even speak about it because yes. you wouldn't believe me. Like you wouldn't even believe me and stuff. And, and you know the one, you know what got him imprisoned, right? What got him imprisoned was him trying to be accepted. He went to uh, Jerusalem, right? You know because all throughout his whole ministry he was being rejected, right? Which is the which was the fourth one, loneliness caused by others through mm, rejection, rejection, right? He was being rejected throughout the whole entire ministry, right? He goes to uh, Jerusalem, right? So you already know there's issues because the other two that were with him, they went to the temple and met up with James and the elders without him. He didn't come until like either the next day or two days afterwards, right? He had to stay behind because they needed to make sure everything was, was cool okay for, for him to come, right? No, not that they was afraid of him. They they was rejected. They was angry. They was yeah, they, they was people was out for his head, yeah, right? Because you gotta remember, right? The Church of Jerusalem was where Brother uh, Deacon Stephen was, yeah. and he was a beloved deacon and in the church. And he was the one who gave the order for him. So they, he killed their beloved deacon. So there's like, there's no forgiveness for Paul for that. That was Brother Stephen. He was faith. You know, he had to be a powerful deacon. I mean, he had a whole chapter to himself. You know, he was a deacon and an evangelist at the same time. He was preaching the word of God out there on the streets. He moved in power. You know, he, he did signs and miracles just like the apostles and everything like that. He was a powerful, anointed deacon of God, right? And he spoke with power. Yes. It was debating and Paul him. And yes. so, you know, he was stirring up trouble and Paul called the order to get him killed, right? Yes. So, and then after that, the whole church was scattered and Paul was out there hunting them out and it was in the church of Jerusalem. So they was just like, um, you know, 
but they did <laughs> they did start it when 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 he started on, working with the apostles in the beginning yeah. they started you know accepting him right but here's where here is where the rejection and the anger started kindling back up Jer he was becoming a radical about not being under the law of Moses, right? Uh, not being um, enslaved to the to the laws of Moses, right? So when he goes and he meets up with Apostle James, right? James was like, now, Brother Paul, we know you ain't out there telling people, right, not to 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 follow the laws of Moses. Look at all these believers that we have. Look what look at I hear about all the great things you're doing out there with the Gentiles. That's amazing and everything. But look at all these Jews that you know are serving the Lord and they're faithful to our customs. Now we know you're not out there telling our fellow brother Jews to not serve the laws of Moses. We know that, that, that you're not doing it here. This is what you can do to prove to prove to us and the rest of your brethren and the other Jews in the community because, you know, they're kind of out for you. But this is how you can save yourself, right? This is how you can prove to us. We got these, these seven here who's going to go out and do this ritual cleansing that is according to the law of Moses. Um, they're going to consecrate themselves to God and won't won't you take part in it You get it done too and you pay for theirs And this is how you can prove to the brethren that you're with them Let me tell you brother Paul went to go do it and before he could even finish They saw him in that temple and they dragged him out of there and they Arrested him and he was on his way to Rome to go get his head chopped off Oh, and they warned him, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be in chains. And he went anyway. And he did this ritual to try to gain their acceptance. And it led to his very bondage. And that's what, what happened, too. It's like sometimes when, especially we have insecurities and things like that, we go doing things to try to please, please and appease people. people. And what it does is it calls us to be in bondage Gosh. because we know that their love for us is not sincere. It's, it's so about what they want. And so, so you don't you feel loved. You don't that. feel accepted. And so it causes you to feel lonely anyway. You are around them, but you know that they don't care, they don't care really anymore. nothing about your person. Right. And then it causes you to be lonely. And you have to love yourself. If you don't see, if you don't see yourself good, if you don't see yourself worthy, if you don't see yourself that you should hey, have Pastor better, Lisa. better yes. than what you We are together. She said this. If you don't together. see yourself that way, no one else is going to see you that way. Right. If you think less of yourself, that's how people see you. If you don't have the confidence in your own self, people are not going to have the confidence in you. Right. I had to learn that in life. I used to be very inferior of people. Like, you know, I always felt like, you know, I wasn't the smart one, and, you know, I wasn't this, and I wasn't that. And a lot of times, people mistreated me because I didn't think that I, you know, was all of that. I wasn't the type that really, you know, served other people, but I took a lot of things that I didn't have to take. And, but, and it was really even before I got born again, 
you know, a lot of things in life that I is, I experienced when I did get born again, it let it, it let me see how I allowed these things to happen in my life. So there were some books that I read, some books God gave to people to give to me that I read, and it built it built my own confidence mm-hmm. within me. I didn't need nobody to come give me a you know a pat on back. Oh, we skip. No, I don't need you. I had to believe it for myself. Some people might say, oh, you know, you think you can still. No, if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. Right. They would never believe. And I was, I always had this spirit of inferior of people. And 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 even in my family, you know, certain people in my family just felt like, oh, you know, and they would just, you know, she's going to do what I say. And when I tried to stand up for that, then it was looked at, oh, you just nasty. Well, why I'm nasty now? Because I'm saying no, and I won't let you just keep continuing to walk over me and think that I'm just a mat for you. You know what I'm saying? That's you know, and this was someone close to me that felt like that, and and it wasn't that. It was because I was starting to stand up for myself, and it was like, no, you can't keep doing this to me. It's you know, it's not right. You you you're doing it because now it's something in you that's causing you to do what you're doing to me, and you think that because now that I'm saying no, because all the years I've been like, yes, ma'am, yes, whatever, you know, just do whatever. Now that I'm starting to say, no, I don't think that's how it's gonna go down. I'm, you know, you're you're nasty. Yeah, or they start, it's like gaslighting, and they start like mistreating you you and stuff. And I was like, no, I'm not. It's just that I'm starting to stand up for myself, so sometimes, People like for you to be something that they can walk over. People like me, and let me tell you something, God don't want none of us to walk over no one. Oh. He want everything, he don't walk over us. He does not make us do anything he wants us to do. He said, you got a choice. Uh-huh. Choose you today which way you gonna go. You gonna go the right way, or you gonna go the wrong way. You gonna choose life, or you gonna choose death. He does not make us, and it's, it's our decision, the way that we walk. So it's the same thing when it comes to anything else. You have to choose what you believe is in yourself. Don't let someone tell you who you are. You have to know who you are. Amen. And that brings, so you can get out of you. No, you're not lonely, honey. No, you're not. Because sometimes it's good not to have nobody around. Uh You you can hear the Lord, but the Lord thank you that they all gone. Yes. Oh, peace now. It's peace. Just don't play no sad music. You know, that's what's going to make you sadder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes God will separate you because he needs to talk to you because there's so many people around you, you can't hear them. I know sometimes, like, mm-hmm. when I was in that position, I would say to him, I'm like, okay, well, what is it that you're trying to tell me? What is you, What are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to tell me that I have not been listening to? Yes. So, you know. And I would just sit there and just. And sometimes he get the people out of your life. You think they left you, honey? We told him he got him out of that. Yeah, sometimes no the Sometimes the Lord do separate people out of your life because you know, he got better. He got better, better for, for you. you. He do have better for you. And you might have thought things. it was good, but it was something underlining that wasn't right. You just yeah. didn't see it yet. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you move it before it happened. That's but, right. He'll release you from but, it before it happened. But yeah. in all things, he wants the best for you. So yes. let me tell you, you have to love yourself. And sometimes you do it. I, a person told me, they said, look in the mirror. I couldn't look myself in the mirror without, you know, you know how you just make, you know, doing your hair or your makeup or something. 
But I'm talking about just literally like sit in the mirror and look at yourself. I will always look down. Really? I will always I like look problem. down. I never would look at myself straight in the face. And a woman told me, she said, look yourself in the mirror. She was like, you is too beautiful to be going through that kind of crap. You know, because when I was coming up as a teenager, I used to be around a lot of older women. And they used to tell me, you know, I experienced things in life. You know, the wife taught me whether mm-hmm. it was good or bad. It taught me. It and that's you. how I learned. And, and I went through things. And, you know, so uh, older women used to talk to me. And they used to say, no, she said, look at yourself in the mirror. And I never used to look myself in the mirror, just look at myself. Like when I would look in the mirror and I was like doing my hair or something, you know, I, I would be always like look down. And I noticed that about me, and I was like, well, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, so, you know, as I got, you know, I prayed, and, I, and the Lord let me know that I didn't see myself the way other people see me. People used to say, oh, Lisa, you this and that, and I'd be like, I don't know who they're talking about. Sister Roshana said, oh, my gosh, me too. I <laughs> thought I was the only one <laughs> yes. who did that. I never looked in the mirror, yes. like, really looked. And, and, and because I didn't feel that way about myself. But people used to say to me, they'd be like, oh, you just not be like, mm-hmm. Even my pastor, he used to say, Lisa, God want to use you. And I used to be saying in my mind, oh, that's what you say. <laughs> you know, I never would accept it. And one day he said to me, he said, you accept, accept it. He, he looked me right in my face. He said, accept it. Because I never would accept it. He would say a lot of things, and God used to talk to me. I have had so many experiences with God, and that's what always kept me, even when I will fall short. That's what always keep because I knew the experiences I had with him. And there was one thing my apostle said to me that I didn't even know. My, he told me, he slapped me one day in my chest, and he was like, he was like, you know, you have a heart. And he said, the devil is going to always come against you. He said, but don't let it get hard. Uh-huh. And I looked at him because there was a time that I allowed my heart to get hard. And let me tell you, God sent a little boy that was going to the church, to the school there, and I had to come every day because my daughter was going there to get her. And this little boy from nowhere used to run up to me every day and grab me, right? And you know, back then, that kid was like, look, I ain't going to be bothered with no kids, okay? <laughs> this little boy used to grab me, and I'd be like, oh, hey, baby. And you know, and I would just do it, uh, and then he would run. But he did it every day that I came in. Don't tell me God can do anything oh, amen. to get to you. He will. And let me tell you something. I realized that, that, that God was using that baby to break the walls that I had to put over my heart. Because of the things that I had been going through, I had let a wall build around it. And and it was really to keep all the intruders out. All of you who don't do right, don't treat me right, don't talk to me right, don't look. It was a wall, my protection. It was a protection. And God broke it. And when he broke it off of me, I was home praying one day. And he let me know. He said, you know, now you got a heart of flesh. And like, he, like she was sitting right next to me. And I was looking around and I was like, what? He said, now you got a heart of flesh. He said, because I broke it. And he showed me that little boy and, and oh. coming to me every day. And I and I bust out in tears because I didn't even know the wall was there. 
remember my apostle coming to me. We was in the prayer line, and he came in and he beat me in my chest. He said, don't let the devil harden your heart. He said, Lisa, you got a heart. He said, but the devil going to come against it, and he wants you to harden it. He said, don't let it harden. And, and he started bringing all this stuff back to me, and I just wept because I kept saying, like, you know, I didn't even realize that I was in that place. So sometimes, you know, things do come up in life and we go through things and sometimes we build things around us to protect us. And, and we might need it for a moment, but there come a time when you're going to have to let it go. And you're going to have to bring it down because you're going to have to know that your strength relies in God and it relies in, in within you. Yeah. And you're going to have to know how to rebuke it, cast it down, cast it away, step over it. God said, walk over serpent and scorpion and all the workers of the enemy. And it's, a, it's, a, it's something to cause you to, it's not you being strong physically, it's you being strong spiritually. Right. And right. it's the spiritual man who has to get stronger. That's what happened to me. Because my spirit man was very timid, very weak, and it was like, yes, whatever. You know, you look at me today, you don't think so, but <laughs> and people say, oh, mm -hmm. she, but in, in some type of way, sometimes I do fall still in there, but then, you know, I have to let the devil know, okay, demon, it ain't working, it ain't, it ain't happening. So whatever, whatever you have, yeah, I have my sidebar with the Lord, yeah, I be saying, Lord, I'm trying to do it more in, in a godly way mm -hmm. than letting my flesh have its way. So sometimes I do have to, like, bite the tongues a lot. And I have whispers because I be saying, get right, Lisa, before you say anything, because I'm really trying to walk more in the spirit and get more than the flesh. Mm -hmm. But it's still you building up your own self. The word of God said, you have to build up your own. You have to encourage yourself. Mm -hmm. Your own flesh, but you build it up how? In the spirit. And that's praying in your, in your heavenly language because the Holy Spirit said, he comes along to help with our infirmities. Right. Because sometimes we don't even know what our infirmities are. Sometimes yeah. they're so deep in us mm. that we don't even know they did. Right. Right. But when you get to pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come along and you'd be like, well, why was I crying? I don't know what the Lord did. <laughs> it, it came because he's breaking right. them, honey. Sister yeah. Rashana said, yes, come on. <laughs> he come on. Them. He is. Yes. He be breaking things that we don't even know that is in us because they bury so deep. Very true. They bury so deep that even when you get saved, you don't get delivered right away when you get saved. It's a, it's a daily, you know, you get it's delivered. Right. Like yeah. they said, levels and levels and levels of glory and work. Oh, it's levels, honey. And, and that's why the, the, the word of God says work out your, your own, own salvation. salvation. Yes, mm -hmm. you do because it's the things within us. And life has done it. You know, mm -hmm. you think about from the time you was old enough to understand until where you at now. I've been through so much, y'all. Half the stuff you don't forgot about. I know I have. <laughs> <laughs> and this, and this <laughs> be like, my friend, I'm like, oh my goodness, we gotta pray for her mind because she be having complete memory. Maybe, maybe it's a good thing I don't remember. <laughs> I know when we was growing up, I used to say she be talking. Well, where was I? Go to my brother. I be like, Kevin, where was she? I was just on that the day with Teresa, and we was talking about stuff. Where was she at when we were? Kevin there. I don't know. I said, 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 I said
me, it was that I couldn't look at other people in their in their face. Like I couldn't. Like if I would talk to them, I couldn't look them in the eyes. Yes, that means I would too. always like look down yeah. or look away. I I couldn't. I wonder where did look, that come from? And but it's it's, it's, it's insecurity. Because you don't want them to yes. see. It's kind of like you know. They looking through the window yeah. in their eyes. You know, it's like kind of submitting to submitting, them yes. or whatever to mm. try and to get acceptance. Look them in their eyes. Yeah, and for me, are. it was a, a man of God, and he was a mighty deacon too, Deacon uh, <laughs> Davis Telfair. And, and he was always there for oh. me. Unk, um, yes. He went to Dukai. Shout out yes. to Oh, and I and he would always. God would always send send this man of God to me whenever uh, someone had hurt my feelings or whenever I was feeling low or whatever. And I would go self isolate myself. Mm-hmm. I would go stand alone because even in ministries and stuff like that, yes. um, you know. Um, there's a lot of carnal people in the church yes, who do Jesus. not walk by the spirit and, Amen. you know, are still full of their flesh and are still needing to work out their soul yes. salvation. Yes. And um, whenever, you know, someone would cause my heart to be broken in ministry and things like that, this, the Lord always sent so that good. man. He always sent someone. And he was like, Baby, why are you out here? <laughs> what happened? What they say? <laughs> what happened? And he went on. And he and I remember, and I will never forget this. He was like, I don't never want to see you walking around with your head down. When people are talking to you, you look them right in the eye. You are so beautiful. You don't need to be walking around here looking down. You know, and you don't want nobody looking down at you. He said, you look at them straight in the eye. And I always remembered him saying that. And just the way that he encouraged me and, um, you know, um, helped me. To, he was like, because what it does is show that you're not confident. Confidence, yeah. And he said, yeah. and you have no reason not to be confident. Be bold in who you are, and he would just speak those things to me. And I tell you right now, if it wasn't for him, I probably would have left the church a long time ago. (laughs) But God, you know, always sent you know sent sent someone you know, and so I'm always I'm always grateful, you know, for him and for the Lord sending him, you know, into my life to really impart those things because you know um it really helped me uh, when i joined other ministries and experienced and encountered similar things because like you know um like with aunt lisa was like saying like you know for for me you know um working you know she said she'd never like worked for someone like worked for like a ministry where um, they had, she had to endure, you know, being taken advantage of or that way. But, you know, um, I remember, um, working for this ministry and because of my desire of wanting to fit in, wanting to be accepted and I had codependency problems. And so, you know, um, and the Lord had to deliver me from, um, because out of fear of being rejected, um, I would just do whatever would please people so that they would love me, so that they would love me and they would accept me. And it would leave me in brokenness and I would still feel lonely because I knew that, uh, you know, I had to keep up 
being someone I wasn't. They were loving the ideal of who I was presenting, but not who I was because I was never really presenting who I truly was um, to someone because I was being who they wanted me to be in order to be loved. And the Lord starts showing me, you know, um, even with um, relationships that I was in, he was like, um, you know, he had to tell me that, you know what, you never really gave anybody the chance to truly love you Uh in your relationships because they never got the real you. Mm -hmm. They got the person you presented before them they got the um ideal that you gave them this perception of who you were who was not really you and so you never truly allowed someone to really love you for who you were and you got exhausted and tired in these relationships because you've been putting on this mask putting on this personality in order to uh appease people and to be what you believe that they desired and what they wanted instead of allowing them to fall in love with who you were. And even if they didn't. And so putting on those masks will cause you to be lonely. Why? Because of the fact that you will never feel like people really know you. And not accepting you for who who you are because they don't know you. It's like, you know, it's like you have this idea of who I am, but you don't really know me. And you know what? You're absolutely right. They don't really know you. And a lot of times because you did not allow them, you did not allow them and you did not allow them to know you and get to know you. And so now um, you are um, mistreating people or um, or seeing other people as evil for having an expectation of you that you put on them that you projected you told you did they give like you you presented before them this is the expectation you told them this is who you told them that you were and now that you're exhausted from pretending now you're wanting to be upset with them for believing the lie that you sold them And so, you know, the Lord had to convict me of that um, because a lot of the loneliness that I was experiencing was self-inflicted from me um, presenting someone that I wasn't before people in order to get acceptance and love. And then I also experienced, you know, um, loneliness for um, from rejection. I remember being a, a part of a group um, um, in ministry and I was literally being made fun of and mocked on uh, holiness because of of uh, living and desiring to live righteously. Oh, and they yeah. was like, "Oh, oh, you're safe, saved." And I'm like, um, "Yeah, what is what is safe, saved? What does that mean?" I thought we were all Holy. safe, saved. Uh, what other kind of saved? They saved, and then you're not saved. That's the only saved I know. And I realized, you know, they were I realized they were still carnal because they all still went to the club, they all smoked still, they all drank, they all still believed in, you know, fornication, they all still believed in partying, turning up, you know, twerking and all that stuff. And I realized it's like I I was in um a ministry with people 
who were very carnal, who were not, you know, who, um, who were not really um, submitted to Christ. They were religious. They mm-hmm. did church. Right. And so they were looking at me thinking I was religious because I'm walking by the spirit of God because I'm serving God with my full whole heart, mind and soul. And I believe in this word and I believe and live in a life that examples the life that I say that I have in Christ Jesus. And I take it for real and I take it serious. This is not just something I say. I don't just declare that I'm a Christian and then live like the world um, every single day um, until Sunday for an hour and then <laughs> and then go back. How you see me in church? That's how you see me outside. <laughs> right. Church. You know, this life is my I'm life. Even at home. And so <laughs> I was being looked at as being religious for that. And you know, the Lord was showing me, no, they're the religious ones. They're the ones who are doing a routine thing and a practice. And the relationship isn't sincere. They confess me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. And so I realized the isolation that I was feeling was a good thing because I was not being, I was being separated or I was being um, pretty much um, pushed aside or rejected or seen as different um, because I wasn't like them, but it was a good thing. It was a good thing because God didn't want me to take on that type of mindset and that influence. So sometimes when you're serving God, Sometimes serving God can be lonely. Yeah, it is. You know, um, if you're living in a household uh, full of hell raisers and you're the only one living right with you, so you're never alone. You're you're never alone, but it doesn't make it doesn't mean it doesn't Mm -hmm. cause you to feel lonely at times Mm -hmm. Um, when you don't when when you when you're experiencing um, a lot of rejection um, when you see. other people just doing things and it's just like I cannot the conviction of the Lord will not allow me to do the things that you're doing I just can't do that the fact that you you just know that's not what you're supposed to be doing you know and it's like or I don't have a desire for it at all but sometimes you can be mocked mistreated um um, treated as weird as different um and sometimes that thing those things could could hurt especially when um you're really finding yourself in christ and you're not fully you know mature and you haven't um gotten to that place where you're so secure in who you are in christ that people's opinions and mockery doesn't matter but when you are you know immature and when people's opinions um you know do affect your heart sometimes it can cause you to feel lonely um when you're on your job and everybody else is talking about getting together to the bar and go hang out and you're the only one who can't go because you know what's going to take place there and you can't be a part you can go but you want to do what's right yeah but you're choosing to live right and so and then you're like you know Everybody, they come together in the work office to talk about all the good time that they had and having conversations about things that you have no idea what it is because you weren't there taking part of it. It can make you feel isolated. It can make you feel lonely. Like everybody else in the work. Better than everybody else. Right. So like everybody on the um, job has a, a connection that you don't have with them because they get to hang out with each other after work and you're the only one who just sees. And that's when you go at work and be like, Lord, is there any 
say one here. Just you one know more. What? Just one, the, one. Same thing like with that's like family, they might want to. Because he wants them to see that the life that you're living. Right. And, and, and that you are strong in your spot. Mm. You know, they would reject you and they'll cast you aside. But right, Sister Salithia. She said, like, when you're not invited to events by That's friends right. or family, and sometimes that does happen, yes. even in your own okay. family, yes. they don't want you around because they're like, oh, oh you're yes, just, you're just you're yeah. And you know what? This is kind of, this is what got me, like, you know, into my husband because <laughs> we were working together. We were working together. And um, they were all going to be throwing a, um, you know, a party at his house. He, at that time, you know, he had, you know, um, like six other roommates. It was like six of them in this apartment or whatever. So, you know, they were like the party house and everything like that. And so, of course, they're inviting everybody like that. And so, um, um, so this girl made this one comment that, oh, Nyjah goes, um, we are going to have to sit and do Bible study. And he would straight up told this girl, he was like, if she don't come, I ain't throwing a party. I'd rather sit and do Bible study with her than watch you dancing on all these men like a chicken head. And like, you know, I didn't, I was like, she said, oh, somebody, he stole my heart. He saved me. <laughs> but it was like, you know, someone seen someone, because, you know, I was always getting picked on because of my faith at work. And so to have someone, you know, um, defending, you know, the Lord, you know, this is the vengeance is the Lord, right? right. The Lord will vindicate you. And so I didn't have to say anything. The, and, you know, even when she said it, I'm just like, you know, I, at that time, I started just getting used to the fact that I was just going to be picked on an isolated period like kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, I I didn't even feel anything. I wasn't even offended. Uh, you know, I was just like, you know what? You're absolutely right. And this probably is not a party I would want to go to anyway. Like in my heart, in my mind, that's how I thought. And then the Lord rose up someone to, to speak yeah, on my behalf. Yeah, and so sometimes you will go through things like just that. Just because you are a Christian. Just because you're a believer. And you know what? As you know, the way that our society is going, we'll probably see more of that where you're being um, persecuted, where you're being mocked, where you're being rejected because your stance on things as a believer. Um, so it's, it's good to toughen up now because sometimes the devil will try to make you feel like you're, you're the only one standing for Christ, but you yeah. have a multitude, yeah. a great multitude of witnesses like all over and scattered all over the place who are mm -hmm. enduring the same types of hardships, or who are also fighting and taking a stance along with you with Christ Jesus. So do not, right. do not waver. Don't compromise for anything That's or anyone. Right. Even if you see a so-called believer wavering in, in what they know is to be right in scripture, all for um, clout and acceptance, which we are seeing a lot um, of in this age too. Uh, a lot of so-called believers um, compromise and it makes you question, did you ever really truly have a relationship with Jesus? And are you truly being led by the Holy Spirit or was people this a... They don't want to suffer. No one wants to feel different. 
Yeah. You know, we all want to be a part. We always want to be connected to someone. We don't want to be the one that's standing over in the corner in the lab. You know, we all want that acceptance. But this day and age and time, they did it in the biblical days. They were they was exercised and criticized and you decide and all the sides. They was they had it done to them. Size and sizes. They didn't even murder. Today it's the same thing. You have to be strong within yourself. Amen. And that's where that's really what it is. You have to know what you believe in. Mm. In spite of what people feel to because let me tell you something, the Christian faith is the only faith that get more criticized than anything else. Buddha don't get criticized. Muhammad don't get criticized. None of them. These are all religions that people serve or they, you know, call their gods. But, you know, we serve the true true and living God. But it's the Christian faith that is always the one that they come against. Yes. You could be anything else. Nobody has nothing to say. As soon as you say the name of Jesus, we have a problem, Houston. You know why? Because he's the true living God. And right. he's the one who has all power and all authority in his hands. That's right. You know, it's funny that you said that, too, because I just watched, like, a video, like, not so long ago about this Muslim guy, right? And he was like... Um, because what it was is these people, they were all in a circle kicking a Bible, kicking it around, just all taking turns, kicking playing it and playing soccer, soccer with the Bible, right? And then he was like, let me say something. I'm not even a Christian. I'm Muslim. He said, but I can tell you one thing. You would never find people doing something like this for any other religion because they know they would come for their heads. They do it to Christians because of the fact that they know that they have to take a stance of being loving and forgiving. And because of this, they do, they, they see it as a weakness and they, and they disrespect them. He's like, I, I'm not even, um, you know, a, a Christian, but he said, one thing I can see is that this is very obvious. Mm-hmm. The amount of disrespect mm-hmm. and the amount of, of mistreatment of Christians in this country. Mm-hmm. Because there's no pos- If this was anybody else's religion, mm-hmm. there would have been protests. There would be a news press. There would have been outrage. But because it's Christianity, it's laughed at. Yeah, that's true. Jesus. Take the will. Well, we're going to end this. We thank everybody for joining us. If you are feeling lonely or feel loneliness, I would say talk to the Lord. Put on some good, happy music, no sad music, because that's just going to make you sadder. Open the word of God. Open up the word of God and read on what the words say about loneliness. But we can also, if anybody's watching today, we're gonna have not eat to pray. For those that may be watching us today, that's maybe going through loneliness right now. So we're gonna do a little prayer and then we're gonna end it with a prayer.
Hallelujah. Jesus, I just want to say thank you that you promised that you would not leave us in this world as orphans, but you sent us a comforter. I ask that you just teach us and help us to learn how to fellowship with you, Holy Spirit, because you are our comforter. You're near to the brokenhearted. You surround us. You're here to, to live in harmony with us and to be a friend, an advocate, and be with us so that we are never, never lonely. Sometimes it's hard to accept that because we cannot see you. But we know the evidence of you working in our lives. Teach us how to lean and to trust in you. Teach us how to call upon you and to develop such a sincere and genuine relationship with you that we are aware of you in everything that we do and everywhere that we go. Hallelujah. Teach us how to know you in a more deep and more intimate way. Hallelujah. So that we walk with you. Walk by you and in you and through you. Hallelujah. So that when we experience things in our lives, whether it be a rejection or abandonment or any kind of separation, uh, unexpected loss, that we are not succumb to our emotions, that we don't imprison ourselves spiritually, uh, isolate ourselves or count ourselves out, that we don't begin to see ourselves um, in a wrong perspective, and that we don't lose sight of you. Yes, But do the opposite and draw nearer to you. To, to when we're feeling alone, when we're feeling isolated, when we're feeling by ourselves, to see this as an opportunity to draw closer to you. Because we know that you understand our pain. You have given us a high priest in Jesus Christ who understands our afflictions because he himself was abandoned and left alone and betrayed by friends and left to die and was mocked and was rejected by his own people and was isolated and mistreated. And Lord, you, hallelujah, separated from yourself, hallelujah, so that you would never, never separate from us. Hallelujah. Teach us how to be strong and steadfast in all things and how to be like carriers, carriers of the kingdom of God so that we do not succumb to any influence of any other demonic dimension that tries to trap us in the valley of gloom that tries to trap us in the valley of the shadow of death that tries to bond us in chains of misery and chains of suffering but let us be dressed and garmented in praise and joy hallelujah and clothed in your spirit so that you are forever surrounding us and that we are forever, forever aware of you. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. Have a blessed day. A woman in power oh, Wednesday. Who's she? Do you just want to worship? <laughs> she's she caught up in the spirit. We see you next month on the third Wednesday of the month. God bless. See you guys. Have a blessed day.